and this is the first episode of the Rad Toy Collector Rad Podcast. So welcome one and all, welcome everyone. Thank you for joining us, and thank you for listening to us today. Uh, now, if you tune into the show on YouTube, then you know that we're all about talking about vintage things and uh, talking about the stuff from our childhood that we still like to uh, that we still like to remember fondly, and the stuff that ha- that's going on in all of the fandom uh, that we don't like so much, and you know, uh, get all the opinions out there that we can see where everybody stands on things because we know uh, not everybody uh, not everybody has the same opinion on everything and we love to hear what everybody has to say uh, and that means that you know we like to explore all aspects uh, of the fandom which you know includes everything that's uh, everything that you can consider a collectible uh, now there have been a lot of things that have come, you know, over the course of uh, the last couple of generations, um, specifically talking uh, as far as toy manufacturing uh, from uh, the 80s on up, that were big time uh, collector series, things that were created specifically so that they could be collected. Now, uh, the deal is we know that the manufacturers make these and they make, you know, very different variations. Uh, specifically so uh, people will keep buying them. Now, we know this, but we buy them anyway because we love them. And uh, one of the the best collectibles that has ever been, uh, and and if if you're older than a certain age, then you definitely know about these, are the Beanie Babies. Uh, Beanie Babies were a uh, big line, you know, McDonald's made a line that was official that was collected, uh, they had sub-series, and uh, now, while this was never my thing, my little brother, who is on the show with us today, uh, knows all about him. So I'm going to bring him in now. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, please. Okay, I'm uh, Kevin, I'm Anthony's little brother, and I collected Beanie Babies as a kid. Um, I don't anymore because Beanie Babies have become, like... Like, nobody collects them anymore. They've become, basically, if you go to, like, Walgreens or, like, uh, uh, Toys R Us, well, not so much Toys R Us anymore, but definitely, like, Walmart, you'll see um, Beanie Babies in, like, big piles, unloved, unbought. Like, they're basically just, uh, they're basically just, like, filler. Like, like they're just, like, they're, they're, they're not hot anymore. Well, I guess my question is, do you not collect them because they're unloved by everyone? Or was it something else that initially got you off of them in the first place? Like, you associate your stuff, your Transformers and He-Man with um, pleasant memories. Right. Like, when I was a kid, the very, like, um, Beanie, like, the, the most, the good Beanie Babies were basically unattainable for a kid. Like, because the manufacturer, Ty, his, um, his M.O. was to uh, discontinue the Beanie Babies after a certain amount of time and, um, like, you know, to stop making them after a number of time. Right. But they would, um, but when they did this, he wouldn't replace them with anything. For example, if he retired, like, say, an armadillo or a fish, um, he wouldn't make another armadillo or a fish. So if you wanted, if you liked armadillos or fish or 
I don't know, like geese or any particular type of animal, you couldn't buy them. It would be like if, say, Mattel discontinued, say, Man-at-Arms, and you couldn't buy a new Man-at-Arms uh, doll at stores. You had to go to collectors who were trying to make money. That's a big thing about Beanie Babies, Beanie Baby collecting. A lot of people thought they were going to get rich off Beanie Babies. Um, so they would hoard them, sell them. Like, I remember Dad and I would go to the side of roads and there would be little stands with Beanie Babies behind glass selling for twice, ten times, hundred times what they sold for, which was five bucks. Yeah. I remember when they did their first Beanie Baby line for McDonald's that you had Dad at every McDonald's in the Southwest Houston. Uh, hunting down the newest one because there were people like at each other's throats trying to get those Happy Meal Beanie Babies. The first time they did that, they sold out of a hundred million toys in one morning. See, that's crazy talk. But that's that happens though. I feel like that happens with most of the popular lines. They get uh, created. Uh, like, for instance, I'm a big fan of Power Rangers, right? The, Power, the Christmas that the Power Rangers came out, and the reason there was limited quantities of these toys was not because uh, they were trying to intentionally create limited series, but the original Bandai-made Power Rangers toys were made by hand, like completely by hand, right? So they were cast and everything, so there was limited quantities of that original, you know, so they... they so. That they wasn't were, the case with Beanie Babies. Right. Like they were mass manufactured in factories in Korea and Taiwan. Like they were made in the millions, and they were intention. And like for example, you know they used to sell bears. You know, like Beanie Baby bears for certain countries. Like the United Kingdom had a bear. Canada had a bear. Like they were like you know you could go to a you know a specialty shop and get one if you lived in Canada or the United Kingdom you could get one of these bears for like 5 bucks but if you lived in America you had to pay a premium you had to pay like 125 150 to get one second hand even though they were being sold in other countries for $5 yeah that's frustrating that would really upset me even though you know uh i mean do you think this was a product that was created specifically to create that market? Yes. Because um, the creator of um, Beanie Babies, Time Warner, uh, Ty Warner, not H. Ty Warner, not Time Warner, um, he uh, came from a big uh, toy, a big plush manufacturing company called Daikin. Like, I, Dyke, am I pronouncing it right? Like, Daikin, well, Daikin. You would know better than I do. Okay, so he came from that. So um, he knew, like, he knew firsthand the kind of, um, he knew firsthand the kind of demand that a specific height, plush tall, would create. Like, the Beanie Babies, when they were first on the market, like, you know, they were just, like, you know, cheap things kids could buy with their allowance. Like, $5, you could get, like, a Beanie Baby. Yeah. Like, and he, uh, okay, and Ty eschewed, like, big, um, big, uh, you know, big stores like Walmart and uh, Toys R Us. They would only buy or sell in specialty shops like um, Hallmark and, you know, like, so, like, they were, like, they were... From the outset, they were specifically designed to be, you know, somewhat hard to find. You couldn't, like, go to Toys R Us to get them like you could with a Power Ranger or a He-Man or a Transformer. Right, right. 
Now they sell, uh, I've seen Beanie Baby variations in, like, grocery stores. Like, they have them in, like, Kroger's and Randall's here, you know? And I think they used to sell them somewhat, uh, back in, uh, the days in, like, limited, limited varieties they would sell in the grocery stores, but they would always put them with the Hallmark stuff because they had some core, kind of correlation with Hallmark, I think. Like, these, like... I believe the case of the grocery stores was that they would buy, you know, second-hand Beanie Babies that had been retired and sell them for a markup. Hmm. So, um, did you, when you were collecting, have a favorite line of Beanie Babies? I like the original line of Beanie Babies. Like, for example, like the armadillo I talked about earlier, the turtle, like you know, the lambs, like the tie-dye bears, like one that was named after Jerry Garcia. Right. Like, you know, these had been, by the time I started collecting Beanie Babies, these had been, you know, they'd been retired. They'd been put in moratorium. So the only way to get them was to go to, uh, you know, go to one of these secondhand dealers uh, who would sell them at great markup. Right. But now the irony is that because they were so mass manufactured, you can get these same, you know, once rare Beanie Babies on eBay for a pittance. Yeah. So, uh, are there still valuable Beanie Babies? Like, there are a few from the very first lines that are, um, that are, you know, somewhat hard to find and can or still bring a little bit of money, but it, it's depreciated considerably. Like, for example, there's a camel that used to sell for like one, two, three thousand dollars, and you could get for as low as maybe one or two hundred. Yeah, that's a that's a that's an exponential depreciation. Uh, uh, like, like they that's that's ridiculous from thousands of dollars to one or two hundred. That's you know, that's it's considerable drop in, in value. Now, I will say, from my perspective, the Beanie Baby battle that took place that ended this way did something to the toy collecting community, uh, I think. Because, uh, and it, I don't think Beanie Babies are alone in this. Now, that being said, uh, just because, you know, like in a, in a war, uh, just because one battle uh, had the most fatalities, you know, it's the most discussed. Uh, and just now, it did not alone cause, you know, most of the effects of, that are felt by the war, but sometimes uh, some things happen that do have a very long-lasting effect on the way things are done. And I know that the Beanie Baby trade and the way that that was conducted is like practices that were developed when that was going on are still in use now, specifically with like the Marvel Legends uh, line. They, uh, I know you're not much in an action figure collecting, so I'll explain. Marvel Legends line, you get an action figure, and each series they put uh, a secondary, uh, what they call the Build-A-Figure piece, Yes. And with the action figure. So, not only are you buying the whole line to have a whole complete set, but you have to get them all so you can put the larger Build-A-Figure together. And they're, you know, they're pretty, they're, they're cool looking, you know. Uh, but, they, like, they'll make a bunch of the others and make so many of one. And then this vacuum then creates people, you know, fighting over that one, you know. 
uh, and that's uh, and it'll be like the head or something, you know, something crazy like that. And you know, you, sometimes you'll go into a, a toy store and you'll see these build a figure pieces of stolen from the inside of the packaging. It's that serious, you know. Uh, the so if you had a chance, like if you if you would have been the person that initially uh, conceptualized the Beanie Babies and uh, was going to decide how they're going to market. What have you? What would you have done differently than what the person that did make the Beanie Babies did? Like, if it were me, I would have like you know, if I were going to retire an animal, I would make sure to replace you know it with a different type of animal. Like, they would only make like one mouse, one panda bear, one you know a cam one camel, like. So if you liked, you know, if you liked a particular type of animal and it, you know, and it was one of the Beanie Babies designated for retirement, then, you know, you, you know, you couldn't, you know, you couldn't really get it. Yeah. Right. So you would make, you would, you would make different variations of a singular animal type. Would be one thing you would do differently. That you know, that's exactly what they did. For example, they would make a crab that was orange color, and then replace it with a crab that was red color, and then the orange colored crab would become a collector's item. Right. And they did the same thing with a hippo. They made a gray hippo, then they retired it and made the same hippo but colored it lavender instead. Oh, okay. You know, there's variations like there's bears with insignia on their chest, and yeah. the same bears with no insignia. Yeah. But they would make only a certain amount of one that's a certain way to make it a, a bigger collector's item. Right, and a lot of, you know, and that's how the business was conducted. For example, like, um, I read about it online. There was an article, like, um, like this, the stories that would buy Beanie Babies. Like, Ty also made a line of other plush, you know, big plush, you know, plush that had clothes. Like... But they didn't sell as well as the Beanie Babies. Yeah. But, okay, like, but if a store wanted to get Beanie Babies, they had to buy a certain amount of all these other plushes that didn't sell as well. And this was at the height of the Beanie Baby craze. It kind of, the, Ty, the company, kind of strong-armed all these retailers. They, so, wait a minute. So, the people that made Beanie Babies had other lines of toys that you were then extorted and shanghaied into selling if you wanted the exactly. sought after toys exactly that's that's radical right there so that's that's like that's, that's why every store that sold beanie baby had all of ties other lines because you couldn't get the beanie babies unless you carried all those other lines right that's crazy like that's almost uh that's well that's how, you know, cutthroat the, you know, the company that made the Beanie Babies was. Okay, well, on that note, we are going to take a break. And now a word from our sponsor. Upon returning, we'll revisit this particular subject in greater depth. First I got Pinky, then I got Pinky. I got Pinky and Patty in the same week. What, Vanessa catch something? Teeny Beanie baby itis. Now at McDonald's, your kids can get teeny beanie babies and a Happy Meal. Real Thai beanie babies in a mini size. To toss, tuck, or just plain love. One's in each $1.99 hamburger Happy Meal you buy your kids. This uh, teeny beanie baby-itis, will she outgrow it? Not necessarily. <laughs> McDonald's also has extra value meals starting at $2.99. After all, we care about big kids, too. All right. We're back with uh, 
Mr. Kevin, the Beanie Baby Man. Uh, now, I will say that uh, Kevin has uh, ability to retain great wealth of information, which is one of the reasons why we're very uh, fortunate to have Did him I mention here. that they wrote a book about this? They, well, yeah. I'm, I, I believe that they... They did write a book. I about mean, recently. It. I think in the last couple of years. Really? I still need to get it. Really? They haven't read it yet. Uh, well, would the, here? Here's a question: Do you think Beanie Babies have an opportunity for a resurgence? Like, I, I, I'm gonna give my opinion. I really don't think so. Do you remember, like, when it, uh, last year when McDonald's did a promotion for Beanie Babies, like for the twentieth anniversary? Right. I do remember that. Okay, like, it didn't spawn a, any kind of resurgence in Beanie Babies. Like, it just kind of came and went. Yeah. Well, I, it, to be fair, though, do you, I don't recall the marketing around it. I remember the original lines. They made it was a lot of... Uh, there was television about it, you know, so you knew it was happening. Uh, there wasn't so much of that with this. Not a lot of social But you don't need that because it had a lot of presence online. It had it was a lot of presence for it online. Yes. Uh, that see, but it still got past me. You know, like even like the the way hashtags and things like that work. If you know something like like the Beanie Babies twenty anniversary uh, in the toy community, you would think it would be bigger, and it wasn't. You know, that came and went, and I I really didn't have any idea. You know, and I you know I, I like to think I have my ear kind of to the street a little. You know, um, but that I mean that. That, that uh, to be fair, I don't really delve too much in that direction as far as my collecting, so I maybe just, you know, got past it. But I feel like that should have been a bigger deal than it was. The thing about your Transformers and your He-Man and your Ninja Turtles and your Ghostbusters and your Power Rangers is that these toys are connected to much larger communities with fandoms. Like, Transformers isn't just a toy line. It's a TV show. It's a comic book. It's movies. And the same thing for He-Man and the same thing for um, uh, uh, Ghostbusters and Ninja Turtles. So there's a lot more engagement with a you know there's a lot more engagement with fans in the fandom, right. and there's always new stuff coming out. Right. Beanie Babies doesn't have that. It's just the dolls. Well, okay. Here's a question then: Would do you think a resurgence is possible if Beanie Babies took the extra step? And added uh, another piece of media to their legacy, maybe made like a cartoon, or like go like the Angry Birds route and make a bad uh, 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 CGI movie. It's possible, but I also think it's kind of too late for that because the Beanie Babies have been around for what like they came out in nineteen ninety three, so um, like twenty five years now. So um, you know, there's no novelty to it anymore. Uh, that may be true, you know. I, you know what I, you know what I was, uh, was actually having a conversation with the, with somebody about this the other day, uh, somebody that works on another spot, uh, podcast that we work with. I would very much like to do a revival of like Howdy Doody. You know what I mean? The puppet show? Yeah. Because I feel like that was a, that's a concept that is gone, you know, and, uh, it's been enough time that if it was brought back, you know, people would remember it. But I think uh, if it's done right, you know, it would, uh, 
you know, would appeal to you know, to, to kids now, and uh, they could, you know, they would have great merchandise to go along with it, you know, if you, if you did it the right way. And I think, uh, I, I really think that this, they, anything can be brought back if it's brought back the right way. Yes, but the thing is, it's really hard to bring back a property. You know, like, I keep bringing about Transformers and yeah. Ninja Turtles and all that because those franchises never really left. They've been, you know, they've, you know, their popularity has waxed and waned, but, you know, they've been a constant, you know, presence in pop culture pretty much since they were created. Yeah. Like, the same could be said of Pokemon and Dragon Ball Z and other shows that have, like, toy lines. Like, you know, Pokemon, they haven't stopped, they never stopped making Pokemon games or trading cards or the cartoon. Well, I think uh, the, 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 toy, the, the cartoon toys kind of created this, uh, this, this environment where they're like, okay, the, you know, enough, like, people who grew up in my generation saw a lot of toy lines die. And it was because... They would greenlight episodes of cartoons based on toy sales. So if a toy sold well, then they kept making cartoons. But if a toy concept didn't sell well initially, they killed it right away. And that happened with a lot of cartoons that, you know, are now like cult favorites. Like Bucky O'Hare and Street Sharks and Biker Mice from Mars and stuff like that. Uh, Swat Cats, that kind of stuff. People love that stuff now. Those really bad, you know, '90s cartoon uh, toy cartoons, you know, uh, and because like the novelty kind of, you know, the novelty wasn't there initially, so they never got a chance to blossom. But now they're sought after because of their rarity, you know. So maybe it'd be good for the Beanie Babies to kind of die for a little while, maybe a lot of them start to go away and then all of a sudden there's a pop because that gives a chance for some of them to disappear and makes some of the stuff actually rare, you know? And the couple of people that, you know, have been hoarding it for, you know, maybe, you know, you said it was 25 years ago, maybe in, you know, 35 years, you know, finally one of those... It's a possibility. Yeah. Would you like to see something like that happen? I would, but... You know, one of the problems that helped sink the Beanie Babies is that the designs really became uglier. They they lost their appeal. They became over-designed. Like, well, hold, hold on a second now. Ty made lines for a lot of intellectual properties. Like, uh, my son Xavier's uh, Backyardigans toys are Ty. And they're beautiful. They look just like the cartoon, you know? Yes, they've had some success with licensing toys, but I'm talking about, like, the toys that aren't based on toy lines. I'm talking about, like, the bug-eyed beanie babies they have now, like, um... Kids love those, though. Kids love those. The kids love those. Yes, but they're not selling nearly as well as the beanie babies did at their prime. I think sales are, like, down, like, 75%. They're down, like, to, what, 25-30% of what they were when the beanie babies were high. I would think they have more competition now, like legitimately more competition because you have things like Hatchimals and stuff like that that's out that's kind of doing the same thing because it exists because of Beanie Babies you know like they're fighting against their own grandchildren almost for notoriety
what attracted me to the Beanie Babies was like the, you know, the simpler designs back when, you know, you know, you know, the materials to make these things were more expensive than they were now, so, like, they would make, like, a horse that was, you know, very appealingly simple, you know, and, you know, like, they would make an anteater, or, you know, what's some of the other ones that I, you know, really like, like the duck. Yeah. You know, the, you know, those were very simple, you know, appealing toys, you know, not a lot of colors or patterns or... You know, I think, you know, simplicity and that kind of plush is very overrated. It's very tempting to go with all these bright colors and patterns and materials, and you really don't need all that. Oh, yeah, they made an alligator one that was, like, for example, like, when the alligator was retired, like, it had been retired for, like a, like, a couple of months, you know, when I started collecting Beanie Babies, but it had already gone up to, like, Forty five, fifty, sixty dollars just for the alligator. Hmm. Even though it had been okay, even though the alligator had been for sale from nineteen ninety four to late nineteen ninety seven mm -hmm. and I started collecting beanie babies in May nineteen ninety eight. And just those few months, even though it'd been on sale for years, it went up to ridiculous amounts of money. Because they thought they were gonna get rich because people thought they were gonna get rich off of it. Hmm. So, toy line created to make money, destroyed by greed. Is that accurate? That's how it goes. Like, why is the original Optimus Prime from 1984 so expensive? To be fair, uh, the Transformers' uh, worth, the way that they value those things... Uh, there is a swinging, like, 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 if you had, say you had an original, an original, absolutely original, made in 1980, you know, or 81 or whatever it was that came out, uh, in box, sticker still on the, on the paper, never open, factory sealed, right? That has one value. Then you have a value for an Optimus Prime that is well played with, still has all its parts, loose, beater. And then you have uh, remakes that they've made of that same toy that are identical in every way, but it was you know made in a later year. That has a different value, even though it's the same exact toy. You know, uh, there's and the thing, and this is actually something that we're going to be covering. Um, uh, later on this year, we're going to be at a Comic Palooza uh, doing a panel, and this is something we're actually going to be talking about. The uh, uh, that there's they're actually making and look, I have a, that that hot rod right there is a Japanese remade uh, that is made by this company. I'm gonna pull out the box, uh, Takara Tomi, and they make. These Transformers masterpieces. And these look like you remember them in your head. Like for, for me, like when I see, when I remember these Transformers toys, that's what I thought they looked like as a kid. But then when you actually see a G1 Transformer, they're hideous. You know? They're terrible looking. Are they bigger? Are they made out of like a. No, metal? they're smaller. Some of them are, some of them are metal. Some of them metal. But like, look at this. 
this is now this is second generation mind you but it looks this is just a a, a remake of the same transformer with different colors and it's just look at that yeah not very good now that the 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 masterpiece version of this looks like it looks in the cartoon you know so my dilemma as a collector of these is i don't even want to buy the g1s anymore because i would rather buy those that look the way that i want them to look and not everybody feels that way i actually uh would probably get heckled by some of my friends for saying that but it's true okay like, to take it back to Beanie Babies, like, they never really did make masterpieces of, like, um, the, you know, the Beanie Babies that, you know, were retired and went up in value. Like, you know, if you were lucky, they would make, like, a Beanie Buddy, which was a much larger Beanie Baby that was made out of a completely different fabric. But they're not, you know, you can't hold them in your hand. They were more expensive. Like, they, like, they weren't really as appealing as the original Beanie Babies. They were heavier. They so, were, you know, they were, you know, they were very different fabric. Yeah, but it, I mean, I guess with plushes you have, uh, you know, you have pocket plushes, you have like medium-sized plushes. You have. They probably made the beanie babies to be more of like a bedtime toy. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So the people, kids that had the little beanie babies. They wanted to sleep with them. They're like, okay, well, here's this. So you can sleep with that. And not they like made it. such a thing. They called them pillow pals. Yeah. They weren't filled with beans. They were just filled with flesh. Mm. All right. Well, uh, this is not the last time we will hear from Mr. Kevin on the Rad Podcast. Am I right? Uh, no. All right. Well, we're going to have you back real soon, buddy, because I love talking to you. Um, that's my little brother, folks. Now, uh, this is the Rad Toy Collector signing out. Uh, thank you for tuning in. We look forward to seeing you again. And uh, take it out the box and play with it, folks. We'll see you next time.